Good morning. It's time to rise and shine. Bright morning star within your spirit. Fresh grace, fresh mercy. To be washed in liquid fire. the light of the lamp of the word of God illuminate your path for you today. Be blessed by the grace of the forgiveness, the blood of Jesus over your life, over your family's lives. Chariots of fire. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised forever. Healing in his beams and his wings. Today, we're doing the Holy Ghost highlights. So whether you're finishing your day where you are, where you live, you're in the middle of your day, or this is the beginning of your day. If you're listening while you're working, you can just listen along or getting ready for the day. If you have the time to let the words go across the screen and follow along, that's great. If not, you can just listen and whatever's highlighted to you, let that be highlighted to you, recorded in some way by you, in your memory, in your thoughts, in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your will. Holy Ghost highlights. We're going to practice today. We're going to feed our spirit the word of God. And as we feed our spirit the word of God, whether you're listening or you're watching along, the principle of this is the feeding of your spirit. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, let these words be written in our spirit. Let our spirit man be fed and nourished to be strong and stand strong against the enemy today in every way to rise and shine like a champion as we were talking this season about the voice of god and hearing the voice of god one of the main ways that god speaks is through his word but he makes it come alive in the holy spirit and so we talk about this, and I call these the Holy Ghost highlights. This is one of the best ways to get to know the voice of God in your life. It's a practice 
and a discipline of your spirit, you know, you exercise your spiritual senses. So as we're in the word, and we'll be reading, we'll be listening along together. If there's anything that seems like there's just, it interests you, or it seems highlighted to you somehow, or it just that, that word, or that phrase, or that section stands out to you somehow just more than the rest of it. Which is like, oh, it was, just, oh, it was, it's almost like a, like when you get a notification on your phone, oh, what's that? And you'll start to get more and more sensitive to it the more we put the word in our spirit. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We have this Psalm 60. Four and five. You have given a banner to those who fear you, that it might be displayed, that it may be displayed because of the truth, that your beloved may be delivered. Save with your right hand and hear me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and measure out the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is also the helmet for my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom I will cast my shoe. Elistia, shout in triumph because of me. You've given a banner to those who fear you. So we're going to do some of the word today. Now as we listen to this, if something stands out to you but you're not quite sure what else is there, don't fret if it doesn't become immediately apparent to you. Just write it down. You can screenshot it and save it to a folder. You can write it down in your journal. You can make a voice recording note to yourself. You can save it in your glory journal. You can save it in whatever journal that you have. Or if you're on the go, you can make a mental note and maybe ask for an angelic reminder and make a note at some point to look it back up and when that part is highlighted to you and you make a note of that, then when you go back and you look at it and you just kind of pause there and linger there and look up what the words mean and you could sit there and wait on the Lord and hear because when something feels highlighted to you by the Spirit, you usually mean there's, there's more for you in there be mysteries to unlock could be a personal word even the things that you do in the natural realm that aren't mentioned in the scripture come alive in the scripture for daily instruction like I've seen where people have to make decisions on what equipment to purchase and it's not until going into the word that seemingly has nothing to do with making that purchase but it opens up and it comes alive and it makes it clear the pathway is always made clear 
in the word of God. So we just want to get a nice start. And also, you can just relax and let it go and trust that it's going into your spirit. If nothing really seems highlighted to you, that's fine too. Just put it all in your belly, in your spiritual stomach. Because you're going to strengthen your spirit, man, by doing this anyway. And that's what we need. You can't exercise or work out your spirit without a feast for your spirit. And a lot of times it's when our spirit becomes weakened by a lack of the word or lack of discipline. Or, you know, the enemy is always coming and trying to find an opportune time. So we want to have your spirit built up, your spirit man built up and strengthened in the word of God. The devil may not catch you unawares. That today would be victorious and glorious for you and for all of your household in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh yeah, one other thing he wanted me to mention was as we go through the word and we listen and we watch it, if you start to have all these scenarios play out in your mind where you start to kind of think about other people's sin or something negative comes to mind, you start thinking about other people, it's like a low-key way of accusing others and your mind starts to do that and starts to think, oh, this person, you know, does that. You're starting to judge others like that. Understand that that's the kingdom of, of Satan working in your brain. So as we go through these, if you start to accuse people in your mind, whether it's unconsciously, subconsciously, or consciously, I need to take captive all those thoughts under the obedience of Jesus Christ. And just give it to the Father and release forgiveness to people. And just give yourself a nice reminder that nobody in heaven even thinks like that. See, that's one of the things we do to train ourselves. When you find yourself thinking or speaking or acting in a way that's not heaven-like, just give yourself a gentle reminder. Nobody in heaven even thinks like that. Nobody in heaven even talks like that. Because a large majority of the Christianity we've had on earth, under the sun, that, that form of communication, the thought life, and the speaking life, even in the, in the training and everything, it's just, we're going higher this season. We're going to get into the word of God and make heaven culture be imparted into your spirit. Let it go through our soul through our mind, dividing even bone and marrow, that we will not have a toleration for wickedness, and that our mind will be obedient, captive as a love slave to Jesus Christ within our spirit. Amen. 1 Timothy 1 Paul, an apostle, special messenger, of Christ Jesus by appointment and command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, spiritual blessing and favor, mercy, and heart peace be yours from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on where you are at Ephesus in order that you may warn and admonish and charge certain individuals not to teach any different doctrine, nor to give importance to or occupy themselves with legends, fables, 
myths, and endless genealogies, which foster and promote useless speculations and questionings rather than acceptance and faith of God's administration and the divine training that is in faith, in that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence dash. Whereas the object and purpose of our instruction and charge is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good, clear, conscience and sincere, unfeigned, faith. But certain individuals have missed the mark on this very matter and have wandered away into vain arguments and discussions and purposeless talk. They are ambitious to be doctors of the law, teachers of the mosaic ritual, but they have no understanding either of the words and terms they use or of the subjects about which they make such dogmatic assertions. Now we recognize and know that the law is good if anyone uses it lawfully for the purpose for which it was designed. Knowing and understanding this, that the law is not enacted for the righteous, the upright and just, who are in right standing with God, but for the lawless and unruly, for the ungodly and sinful, for the irreverent and profane, for those who strike and beat and even murder fathers and strike and beat and even murder mothers, for manslayers, for impure and immoral persons, those who abuse themselves with men, kidnappers, liars, perjurers and whatever else is opposed to wholesome teaching and sound doctrine. As laid down by the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted, I give thanks to him who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he has judged and counted me faithful and trustworthy, appointing me to this stewardship of the ministry. Though I formerly blasphemed and persecuted and was shamefully and outrageously and aggressively insulting to him, nevertheless, I obtained mercy because I had acted out of ignorance in unbelief. And the grace, unmerited favor and blessing, of our Lord actually flowed out superabundantly and beyond measure for me, accompanied by faith and love that are to be realized in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and true and worthy of full and universal acceptance, that Christ Jesus, the Messiah, came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. But I obtained mercy for the reason that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might show forth and display all his perfect long-suffering and patience for an example to encourage those who would thereafter believe on him for the gaining of eternal life. Now to the King of Eternity, incorruptible and immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever, to the ages of ages. Amen, so be it. This charge and admonition I commit in trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with prophetic intimations which I formerly received concerning you, so that inspired and aided by them you may wage the good warfare. Holding fast to faith that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence, and having a good, clear, conscience. By rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience, some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. Among them are Hymenus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan in order that they may be disciplined by punishment and learn not to blaspheme. 1 Timothy 2 First of all, then, I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be offered on behalf of all men. 
for kings and all who are in positions of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Saviour who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truth. For there is only one God, and only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people, a fact that was attested to at the right and proper time. And of this matter I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, special messenger I am speaking the truth in Christ, I do not falsify when I say this a teacher of the Gentiles in the realm of faith and truth. I desire therefore that in every place men should pray, without anger or quarreling or resentment or doubt in their minds, lifting up holy hands. Also I desire that women should adorn themselves modestly and appropriately and sensibly in seemly apparel, not with elaborate hair arrangement or gold or pearls or expensive clothing. But by doing good deeds, deeds in themselves good and for the good and advantage of those contacted by them, as befits women who profess reverential fear for and devotion to God. Let a woman learn in quietness, in entire submissiveness, I allow no woman to teach or to have authority over men, she is to remain in quietness and keep silence in religious assemblies. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who was deceived and deluded and fell into transgression. Nevertheless the sentence put upon women of pain in motherhood does not hinder their soul's salvation, and they will be saved eternally if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control, saved indeed through the childbearing or by the birth of the divine child. 1 Timothy 3 The saying is true and irrefutable, if any man eagerly seeks the office of bishop, superintendent, overseer, he desires an excellent task, work. Now a bishop, superintendent, overseer, must give no grounds for accusation but must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, circumspect and temperate and self-controlled. He must be sensible and well-behaved and dignified and lead an orderly, disciplined, life. He must be hospitable showing love for and being a friend to the believers, especially strangers or foreigners, and be a capable and qualified teacher. Not given to wine, not combative but gentle and considerate, not quarrelsome but forbearing and peaceable, and not a lover of money insatiable for wealth and ready to obtain it by questionable means. He must rule his own household well, keeping his children under control, with true dignity, commanding their respect in every way and keeping them respectful. For if a man does not know how to rule his own household, how is he to take care of the church of God? He must not be a new convert, or he may develop a beclouded and stupid state of mind as the result of pride be blinded by conceit, and fall into the condemnation that the devil once did. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation and be well thought of by those outside the church lest he become involved in slander and incur reproach and fall into the devil's trap. In like manner the deacons must be worthy of respect, not shifty and double talkers but sincere in what they say, not given to much wine, 
not greedy for base gain craving wealth and resorting to ignoble and dishonest methods of getting it. They must possess the mystic secret of the faith Christian truth as hidden from ungodly men with a clear conscience. And let them also be tried and investigated and proved first, then, if they turn out to be above reproach, let them serve as deacons. The women likewise must be worthy of respect and serious, not gossipers, but temperate and self-controlled, thoroughly trustworthy in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of but one wife, and let them manage their children and their own households well. For those who perform well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and also gain much confidence and freedom and boldness in the faith which is founded on and centers in Christ Jesus. Although I hope to come to you before long, I am writing these instructions to you so that, if I am detained, you may know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and stay, the prop and support, of the truth. And great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth, the mystic secret, of godliness. He God was made visible in human flesh, justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. 1 Timothy 4 But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach, through the hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared, cauterized, who forbid people to marry and teach them to abstain from certain kinds of foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and have an increasingly clear knowledge of the truth. For everything God has created is good, and nothing is to be thrown away or refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is hallowed and consecrated by the word of God and by prayer. If you lay all these instructions before the brethren, you will be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus, ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. But refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales, and silly myths and express your disapproval of them, train yourself toward godliness, piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. This saying is reliable and worthy of complete acceptance by everybody, with a view to this we toil and strive, yes and suffer reproach, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior, Preserver, Maintainer, Deliverer, of all men, especially of those who believe, trust in, rely on, and adhere to Him. Continue to command these things and to teach them. Let no one despise or think less of you because of your youth, but be an example, pattern, for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, devote yourself to public and private reading, to exhortation, preaching and personal appeals, and to teaching and instilling doctrine.
do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit by prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties, throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry, so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Look well to yourself to your own personality and to your teaching, persevere in these things hold to them, for by so doing you will save both yourself and those who hear you. 1 Timothy 5 Do not sharply censure or rebuke an older man, but entreat and plead with him as you would with a father. Treat younger men like brothers. Treat older women like mothers and younger women like sisters, in all purity. Always treat with great consideration and give aid to those who are truly widowed, solitary and without support. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, see to it that these are first made to understand that it is their religious duty to defray their natural obligation to those at home, and make return to their parents or grandparents for all their care by contributing to their maintenance, for this is acceptable in the sight of God. Now a woman who is a real widow and is left entirely alone and desolate has fixed her hope on God and perseveres in supplications and prayers night and day. Whereas she who lives in pleasure and self-gratification giving herself up to luxury and self-indulgence is dead even while she still lives. Charge the people thus, so that they may be without reproach and blameless. If anyone fails to provide for his relatives, and especially for those of his own family, he has disowned the faith by failing to accompany it with fruits and is worse than an unbeliever who performs his obligation in these matters. Let no one be put on the role of widows who are to receive church support who is under 60 years of age or who has been the wife of more than one man. And she must have a reputation for good deeds, as one who has brought up children, who has practiced hospitality to strangers of the brotherhood washed the feet of the saints, helped to relieve the distressed, and devoted herself diligently to doing good in every way. But refuse to enroll on this list the younger widows, for when they become restive and their natural desires grow strong, they withdraw themselves against Christ and wish to marry again. And so they incur condemnation for having set aside and slighted their previous pledge. Moreover, as they go about from house to house, they learn to be idlers, and not only idlers, but gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not say and talking of things they should not mention. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, guide the household, and not give opponents of the faith occasion for slander or reproach. For already some widows have turned aside after Satan. If any believing woman or believing man has relatives or persons in the household who are widows, let him relieve them, let the church not be burdened with them, so that it may be free to assist those who are truly widows, those who are all alone and are dependent. Let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain, and again, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Listen to no accusation presented before a judge against an elder unless it is confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. As for those who are guilty and persist in sin, 
rebuke and admonish them in the presence of all, so that the rest may be warned and stand in wholesome awe and fear. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the chosen angels that you guard and keep these rules without personal prejudice or favor, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be in a hurry in the laying on of hands giving the sanction of the church too hastily in reinstating expelled offenders or in ordination in questionable cases, nor share or participate in another man's sins, keep yourself pure. Drink water no longer exclusively, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. The sins of some men are conspicuous, openly evident to all eyes, going before them to the judgment seat and proclaiming their sentence in advance, but the sins of others appear later following the offender to the bar of judgment and coming into view there. So also, good deeds are evident and conspicuous, and even when they are not, they cannot remain hidden indefinitely. 1 Timothy 6 Let all who are under the yoke as bo- Alright, how are you doing so far? Have we accused people in our mind yet going through? <laughs> Did anyone immediately come to mind? On the sinful parts? That wasn't yourself. Praise God. You release the forgiveness of Lord Jesus. Was there anything highlighted to you? Go ahead and make a note if there was a part that was highlighted to you. Felt like there was something more from the Lord there for you. If not, that's fine. We're going to go through. And if this is one of those things, you're like, oh, you're tuning in. Oh, it's just the Bible. Oh, it's just the Bible. I don't need that. I'm more, I need more advanced. Oh, we need it. We need the epistles. We need the New Testament. <laughs> the reason we're doing this today is because this is what the Holy Spirit selected to do today the title and the activity and the teaching and the training so if we look at these things and like oh it's just the bible it's just i already know that i already know that book i've read first timothy how many times i need more mystical training in enoch and in the stars no you don't we need the word of god in our spirit and whatever is the now word, whatever the Holy Spirit is releasing, if he's giving it to the apostles to release, that means it's a word for the body. So if you're a part, any part of the body of Christ, then this word today is for you. Unless you're still off doing your own thing, you're too advanced for that. Go around the celestial mountain and we'll see you next season. But that's not for you. I don't believe that word is for you. All right, so you made your notes. Anything stood out to you? We're going to go through again in, in the passion. Right there. Okay, this is the part. Our physical training is of some value. Okay, hear this. 
this part train yourselves toward godliness piety keeping yourself spiritually fit for physical training is of some value useful for a little but godliness spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way for all to promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come okay yeah that that, that one stood out to me today godliness is spiritual training we're in training he compares it here to physical training and that's kind of the, the word today. Godliness is spiritual training. There's a discipline of training that we put ourselves through. Not just the external discipline. But if you claim to have the internal discipline, but the external discipline is still lacking, it means you don't have it. So we need it. So let's get it. Train yourself toward godliness. That's not just, oh, please give me godliness. Please give me godliness. It's good to pray and ask and keep on asking, but train yourself toward godliness. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. Well, since he uses physical training as an example, let's look at physical training. How do you stay physically fit? Well, you exercise, you eat well, you stretch, you stay hydrated. You have a good source of protein and carbs and fats. Train ourselves in godliness, toward godliness, keeping ourselves spiritually fit. If you get a little bit, you know, too overconfident with your fitness, or you take a break for a while, Depending on what we do, like, if you're just a regular, let's say you're just like a, uh, you work on, you work out on the treadmill, and that's just what you do. If all you do is treadmill workouts every day, if you take a break for two weeks, oh man, your progress is gone, your results are gone. So all you do is cardio. So any little mistake you make in your diet or in your actions, if all you do is cardio training, I mean, you're completely messed up. But here's the grace. If you lift weights, now remember we're speaking in parables here because he compares it, he compares spiritual training to physical training. So there's wisdom here. If you lift weights and you train regularly in weightlifting. Now, if you take a break for two weeks and let's say you make a mistake in your diet or something goes wrong, you'll be all right. You'll recover really fast. Why? Because of that muscle memory. You're trained in resistance training. But you're trained in resisting the evil one. So it's going to be a lot easier for someone who's regularly weightlifting. Imagine you're weightlifting and you're doing cardio. 
you take a two-week break, something kind of goes wrong, you eat the wrong thing or you do the wrong thing, you bounce back a lot quicker. Right? It's not going to take you another two, three, four weeks to recuperate. So we want to be that spiritually fit, right? We want to get you that spiritually fit that whatever is coming against you, whether it's witchcraft, prayers, curses, or you make a mistake and you sin, because going through this wor world, even the righteous fall seven times. We're being made holy. We're being made perfect. But we want to equip you with the training and the tools for you and for your household. That with your spiritual training, yours is the equivalent of like, you know, you're training for the Arnold Classic. <laughs> you're going to be like the Schwarzenegger of holiness. There's spiritual training and it's, it's real. So back to that parable of physical fitness. So you want to be that person where you never make a mistake. You're always perfect on your diet. You're always in your training spiritually, mentally, morally, resurrected, above the dead, while yet in the body. You want to be that person, whether you make a mistake or someone else makes a mistake, you can quickly pull them out of the fire. You can quickly bounce back. Quick to repentance. Bearing forth fruits to repentance. Because as much as we'd like to walk perfectly in every way, in this life, there are troubles, and to be, and just realistically, we're not always there. It takes a time, it takes training, but what we want to avoid is we don't want to have you in religious condemnation, guilt, shame, and fear. That way, you know what to do if you sin or someone in your household sins. You have the training, you're, you're strong in the Lord, you're strong in faith, that you understand the snares and the wiles of the evil one and that you're quick to, to rebound, you're quick to fix things. And that's kind of a theme that the Lord has for the body right now. Because there's many ways that we err and we go astray, even without realizing it. And so it's good just to stay in that humble place, in that humility, because in our humility, the Lord will raise us up and give us the healing. All right, so spiritual training. Let's say you're going to go and do a heavy session of weightlifting. Now, cardio, you could do fasted cardio, right? Don't really need to eat anything before you go do that. But if you're going for a heavy weightlifting session, you're going to need to eat. You're going to want carbs. You're going to want protein and some healthy fats. In spiritual training, that's the word of God, the meat of the word of God. You're going to want to want your daily bread. You're going to want the meat of the word, the flesh of Jesus Christ, the Shekinah flesh, the glory. What is your healthy fats? It's the oil of the Holy Ghost, obviously. Zachariah 4. That's Rhema, that's the word of God. So we need it. And if you remember Rick Joyner's book, The Final Quest, no matter how hard how how hard the battle is, no matter how high you go up the mountain, what was the number one important thing that wisdom told him to do? 
or that said that was the wise thing that he did was put his sword into the mountain and tether himself to it. No matter how high we go in the celestial sphere and the training in righteousness, we never outgrow the basic word of God, the living word of God. Now we don't want to fall back into the old religious interpretations and give up, you know, freedoms and the Holy Ghost and what God's doing in this time. But we want to be in the accurate Word of God in the Holy Spirit. So what is exercising your spirit? Exercising your spiritual senses. Hearing God, practicing hearing God. When you wait on the Lord and you're waiting for Him, you're practicing exercising your spiritual senses. When you're reading the Word of God and you're listening for the Holy Ghost highlights, you're exercising your spiritual senses. When you go under the trials and the in, in the world, any trials and temptations that you go through, and you're leaning into the Word of God within your spirit, and you're staying sharp and you're asking for continual guidance, you're exercising your spiritual senses. And you gotta stay hydrated. Being washed in the living waters of the Word of God. Right? That's that place of you rest in the Word. Let it just wash over you. Now I noticed that it's really easy for me to just sit and read and go through the Word like this. And it really energizes my spirit. But I remember when I first started to get into the Word, it wasn't quite that easy. Now, I want to say this for the benefit of anyone watching this or who will watch this. Who struggles with that? Like, oh, yeah, it's just the word. Word of God. Tune out. Eh. I don't need to read. Eh. I just, eh. Eh. Or, oh, it's, it's too hard. I can't pay attention that long. Here's what you do. You put away the phone distractions or turn it on do not disturb. You say, okay, this is my time to get in the Word. I'm going to feed my spirit. Because some people get into a weird thing where it's like, well, I wasn't feeling this or that, so I just, oh, I just don't know if that's what God wants me to do right now. And I just, uh. It's like, stop. Like, just listen to yourself. It's demon possession. You need the Word of God. You have to go into it saying, okay, I'm, I know that it's God's will for me to read the Word of God. So it literally doesn't matter what you feel when you read the Word. Stop obsessing on what you feel, your emotions, your feelings, and your lack of entertainment. You need discipline. I mean, I mean think about someone who shows up January 1st, what's everybody going to do in the world? Sign up for a gym membership, right? And, and everyone's like, all right, here we go. 
January 1st, let's go. I'm going to have my fitness goals. I'm going to do this. People are like, you know, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. And how does that usually go? Day after day, year after year. A couple weeks into it. Maybe even a couple months into it. People drop off. They quit going to the gym. They quit eating healthy. It's hard for them to attain their goals. Some people, they can do it. What's the difference? In that case, discipline. And what are they talking about here in 1 Timothy over in chapter 4? Training, spiritual training. What's going to be the difference that sets you apart that you're, no matter how many hours you're working, no matter what, how much school or homework or study or entrepreneurship, no matter how busy you are, you always make time for the word daily because you prioritize it because you're motivated. What is motivating you? The love of God, your father, Jesus Christ, the word of God. He is the word of God made flesh. He is the seven spirits of God. You do it for the sake of love. You know that's his will for you. Those who love him obey his commands. Psalms 1, meditating on it day and night. His precepts are always before me. That's the only way you're going to keep yourself spotless and stainless. Or at least have the heavy training. Right, the weightlifting training. That if you need to bounce back, you can bounce back. Let's talk about a seasoned athlete. Someone who's been training for years consistently. If something's life gets in the way, some things happen, you know, they're going to be much more likely and capable of picking it back up real quick than someone who's only been doing it for a few months or a few years. If this has been like a 20-year-long lifestyle for you, and you can adapt and you can adjust, it's going to be much easier. But at the same time, when we've been doing things a certain way for a long time, we can hit plateaus. And so someone sometimes who's newer, who's highly motivated for other intrinsic reasons, they might just go out and just go all out and do fitness and, and win competitions and just change their entire lives because they're so dedicated, motivated, and disciplined. So it's not necessarily about length of time, but it does help. And what's going to be the difference between you and the people that get picked off by the wolves? You're going to be dedicated. Even starting today, let this be a day for you to be dedicated. I'm going to be in the Word, and I don't mean like, oh, the Word's kind of playing, but I'm kind of on my phone, I'm kind of doing other things. There is a special grace when you can devote your attention. When you can be devoted in your attention to the living God. Now all my mind is thinking about all these other things I got to do. I'm, I'm watching the Bible spa, but I got my grocery list. I got all this other important stuff. 
I've tested and tried this. You're actually much better off just taking a little time to fully focus on the word than if you're trying to multitask and do all kinds of stuff or just being casual. Now that's different. If you've got things that you have to do, you have to, you're cleaning your house. See, that's another thing that's foolishness. It's foolishness to say, oh, I have to fully put my attention on it. So now I can't do my dishes. I can't take care of my kids. I can't be on time to work because I had to revelate this morning. If your studies or revelations in the morning are causing you to be late for your job or to miss doing things that you're supposed, that's your job that you need to get done, that's on you. That's not on God. That's actually foolishness. It's wisdom instead to wake up 10 minutes early, 10 minutes of your prayer or your Bible or your study or your waiting on the Lord but a time that you take to be fully devoted. It's also beneficial, you know, you're driving, you're listening to worship music, you're listening to the word, you're listening to broadcasts. People listen to the radio while they work. Maybe you're listening to your spiritual materials. That's also good. Then that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that insanity of the religious demon that tries to take you captive and hold you bondage where you can't even leave your house in the morning unless you've done so many rituals that you're afraid to go do anything or you just have a dirty house because your excuse is that you're being too spiritual to have time to clean your house at that point your meditation is worthless your time in the word is worthless until you're taking care of your house and you're taking care of your family. Because God is love. It's not his will for you to be captive and all bound up, just living in squalor, just living in fear and paranoia. But to be free. He wants you to be free, be built up, manage your time well, and make God a priority. Another quick announcement from the Lord. He was talking to me about this last night. He said a lot of Christians are just praying, praying, praying for their breakthrough. Praying, praying, praying for this and for that. And what a lot of people, a lot of believers fail to realize is that God has provided for you in this time, in this day, in this hour, a multitude of free resources all over YouTube for your business, for your home organization. People are like, well, my house is just dirty, but I just if I just get spiritual enough, well, if I just wait on the Lord long enough, and then I got to be energized and then clean it, but then it never happens. Right? It's all religious deception. This is what you can do. Go on Netflix. Go on YouTube. Search for home organization. Literally. 
Google, Pinterest, YouTube. God has provided so many things and made available in your day, in your time. You're literally much better getting up off the couch, get up off the floor, and start watching some YouTube videos on finances, running your business, creative market solution. Whatever it is that you're supposed to be working on, you need a breakthrough. Pray on it, read the word, but then get the information, get the resources. People get real breakthroughs doing this. Ooh. And I can tell you this one from experience just because, you know, I grew up in a, in a family where nothing was organized. It was just clutter all the time and there was just no end to it and except for, you know, those few days where the family would be like, all right, we're all going to clean and it's going to be painful. <gasps> and it was just like this whole big dramatic thing. And uh, it's not supposed to be like that. And I've had many times and many years of being on a spiritual journey where it just it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. It doesn't work naturally, functionally in this realm. But how is it now that you come into my house and it's it's beautiful, it's clean, it's organized, and it's not burdensome? The Holy Spirit, at one point, he told me, watch this thing on Netflix, learn how to organize. Look this up on YouTube, on Pinterest, get ideas. So I did, and I would be led to certain videos. I would do the research and look around and find what works for me and then try it out. And if it works, great, if not, try something else. We're just talking about developing natural wisdom. Now, I know for some people it's like, obviously, duh, you know. But it's not that obvious for everybody. You know, some of us, we need more help. <laughs> so whatever it is for you, maybe you've already mastered perfect, clean home. Could be business, could be something. Whatever it is that you're looking for, excellence in your natural realm to bring glory and honor to God your Father, to have excellence in all things, use the resources available to you online. Talk to your community, even online. Are you an industry expert? You know? Do you have something to offer? Has God given you revelation through experience that you are now an industry expert or you have wisdom and excellence in these places? Share it. You know? Or, you know, you can make that available. So, anyway, Holy Ghost announcements. We're getting a lot less religious and a lot more training in godliness. Let's go through these couple of chapters here in the Passion. And get a nice feast and we'll bless you for the day. First Timothy 1 From Paul, an apostle in Christ Jesus, for it was Jesus himself, our living hope, who sent me as his servant by the command of God, our life-giver. Timothy, you are my true spiritual son in the faith. 
May abundant grace, mercy, and total well-being from God the Father and the Anointed One, our Lord Jesus, be yours. As I urged you when I left for Macedonia, I'm asking that you remain in Ephesus to instruct them not to teach or follow the error of deceptive doctrines, nor pay any attention to cultural myths, traditions, or the endless study of genealogies. Those digressions only breed controversies and debates. They are devoid of power that builds up and strengthens the church in the faith of God. For we reach the goal of fulfilling all the commandments when we love others deeply with a pure heart, a clean conscience, and sincere faith. Some believers have been led astray by teachings and speculations that emphasize nothing more than the empty words of men. They presume to be expert teachers of the law, but they don't have the slightest idea of what they're talking about and they simply love to argue. We know that the moral code of the law is beautiful when applied as God intended. But actually, the law was not established for righteous people, but to bring conviction of sin to the unrighteous. The law was established to bring the revelation of sin to the evildoers and rebellious, the sinners without God those who are vicious and perverse, and to those who strike their father or their mother, sinners, murderers, rapists, those who are sexually impure, homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, those who break their oaths, and all those who oppose the teaching of godliness and purity in the church. They are the ones the law is for. I have been commissioned to preach the wonderful news of the glory of the exalted God. My heart spills over with thanks to God for the way he continually empowers me, and to our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, who found me trustworthy and who authorized me to be his partner in this ministry. Mercy kissed me, even though I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor of believers, and a scorner of what turned out to be true. I was ignorant and didn't know what I was doing. I was flooded with such incredible grace, like a river overflowing its banks, until I was full of faith and love for Jesus, the Anointed One. I can testify that the word is true and deserves to be received by all, for Jesus Christ came into the world to bring sinners back to life even me, the worst sinner of all. Yet I was captured by grace, so that Jesus Christ could display through me the outpouring of his spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would believe in him for eternal life. Because of this my praises rise to the king of all the universe who is indestructible, invisible, and full of glory, the only God who is worthy of the highest honors throughout all of time and throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. So Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility, in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life, and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. With this encouragement use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. For there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. Such as Hymenaeus and Alexander who have fallen away, I have delivered them both over to Satan to be rid of them and to teach them to no longer blaspheme. 1 Timothy 2 Most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. 
and pray for every political leader and representative, so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives, as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our Savior God to pray for them. He longs for everyone to embrace his life and return to the full knowledge of the truth. For God is one, and there is one mediator between God and the sons of man the true man, Jesus, the Anointed One. He gave himself as ransom payment for everyone. Now is the proper time for God to give the world this witness. I have been divinely called as an apostle to preach this revelation, which is the truth. God has called me to be a trustworthy teacher to the nations. Therefore, I encourage the men to pray on every occasion with hands lifted to God in worship with clean hearts, free from frustration or strife. And that the women would also pray with clean hearts, dressed appropriately and adorned modestly and sensibly, not flaunting their wealth. But they should be recognized instead by their beautiful deeds of kindness, suitable as one who worships God. Let the women who are new converts be willing to learn with all submission to their leaders and not speak out of turn. I don't advocate that the newly converted women be the teachers in the church, assuming authority over the men, but to live in peace. For God formed Adam first, then Eve. Adam did not mislead Eve, but Eve misled him and violated the command of God. Yet a woman shall live in restored dignity by means of her children, receiving the blessing that comes from raising them as consecrated children nurtured in faith and love, walking in wisdom. 1 Timothy 3 If any of you aspires to be an overseer in the church, you have set your heart toward a noble ambition, for the word is true. Yet an elder needs to be one who is without blame before others. He should be one whose heart is for his wife alone and not another woman. He should be recognized as one who is sensible, and well behaved, and living a disciplined life. He should be a spiritual shepherd who has the gift of teaching, and is known for his hospitality. He cannot be a drunkard, or someone who lashes out at others, or argumentative, or someone who simply craves more money, but instead, recognized by his gentleness. His heart should be set on guiding his household with wisdom and dignity, bringing up his children to worship with devotion and purity. For if he is unable to properly lead his own household well, how could he properly lead God's household? He should not be a new disciple who would be vulnerable to living in the clouds of conceit and fall into pride, making him easy prey for Satan. He should be respected by those who are unbelievers, having a beautiful testimony among them so that he will not fall into the traps of Satan and be disgraced. And in the same way the deacons must be those who are pure and true to their word, not addicted to wine, or with greedy eyes on the contributions. Instead, they must faithfully embrace the mysteries of faith while keeping a clean conscience. And each of them must be found trustworthy according to these standards before they are given the responsibility to minister as servant leaders without blame. And the women also who serve the church should be dignified, faithful in all things, having their thoughts set on truth, and not known as those who gossip. A deacon's heart must be toward his wife alone, leading his children and household with excellence. 
For those who serve in this way will obtain an honorable reputation for themselves and a greater right to speak boldly in the faith that comes from the anointing of Jesus. I'm writing all this with the expectation of seeing you soon. But if I'm delayed in coming, you'll already have these instructions on how to conduct the affairs of the Church of the Living God, His very household and the supporting pillar and firm foundation of the truth. For the mystery of righteousness is truly amazing. He was revealed as a human being, and as our great High Priest in the Spirit. Angels gazed upon him as a man and the glorious message of his kingly rulership is being preached to the nations. Many have believed in him and he has been taken back to heaven, and has ascended into the place of exalted glory in the heavenly realm. Yes, great is this mystery of righteousness. 1 Timothy 4 The Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed, at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many, and their consciences won't bother them at all. They will require celibacy and dietary restrictions that God doesn't expect, for he created all foods to be received with the celebration of faith by those who fully know the truth. We know that all creation is beautiful to God and there is nothing to be refused if it is received with gratitude. All that we eat is made sacred by the word of God and prayer. If you will teach the believers these things, you will be known as a faithful and good minister of Jesus, the Anointed One. Nurture others in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace which you were taught. Be quick to abstain from senseless traditions and legends, but instead be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. For athletic training only benefits you for a short season, but righteousness brings lasting benefit in everything, for righteousness contains the promise of life, for time and eternity. Faithful is the word, and everyone should accept him. For the sake of this ministry, we toil tirelessly and are criticized continually, simply because our hope is in the living God. He is the wonderful life-giver of all the children of men, and even more so to those who believe. Instruct and teach the people all that I've taught you. And don't be intimidated by those who are older than you, simply be the example they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God, be faithful in prayer, and in teaching the believers. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life, for it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. Make all of this your constant meditation and make it real with your life so everyone can see that you are moving forward. Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach, for living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and to all those who listen to you. Man, that was so good. That was fun watching that together, isn't it? Ooh! Holy Ghost highlights. This one stood out to me here. Engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. 
their spiritual training. Training of truth that brings righteousness. That is so true. There was a series of times and days and seasons of really strict spiritual training that I went into uh, to walk to start walking in the realms of righteousness. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, if you have to start with the external discipline, don't despise the days of small beginnings. You know, take it from Joseph. It was wisdom for Joseph to flee from Potiphar's wife. If you just got to run, if you just got, you know, whatever it is you got to do, flee from pride, flee from lust, and then working down inward into your heart, all the emotions and the affections of your heart. I love that uh, the, there's promises of the purity of heart in the First Timothy. This is so good. You want to go back through for your own study. Awesome, awesome. Athletic training. And this is so good. Was anything else highlighted to you? You can leave it in the comments or you can keep it in your personal diary. Oh yeah, this one too. So until I come, be diligent in devouring the word of God. Be faithful in prayer and in teaching the believers. That's what we're doing today. Devouring the word of God. Diligent in devouring the word of God. Amen. And then this part here too. Don't minimize the powerful gift that operates in your life. For it was imparted to you by the laying on of hands of the elders and was activated through the prophecy they spoke over you. Make all of this the constant meditation of your heart. Make what the constant meditation of your heart? There's, he's saying here, the powerful gift that operates in your life that was imparted to you. The prophecies spoken to you, oh man. Man, this is so good. Did you guys see how it opened up after we talked a little bit in between watching the different versions? Oh, man. The mystery of righteousness. Oh. For the mystery of righteousness is truly amazing. He was revealed as a human being and as our great high priest in the spirit. The mystery of righteousness is truly amazing. Amen. Great is this mystery of righteousness. So good. There was so much in here. I had some stuff that was highlighted to me too. Ooh. But that's good for now. Alright. Well, please be sure to like and share, subscribe all the buttons below if you click the bell some people have messaged me they want to get notified when we go live if you go on the YouTube here uh, right next to the subscribe button there's that little bell if you just click on that uh, you can get uh, customized notifications for when we get live when we go live so that's where that is love you guys this was fun be blessed and you're going out and you're coming today wherever you go let the angels at the host of heaven be like a wall of fire around you and around the people of God today. 
May you be protected. May you not be led into temptation, but be delivered from the evil one today. To the glory and honor of God your Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And I'll see you next time.